Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning to everybody who's watching online today in your jammy jams and uh, enjoying worship. And hopefully you got to cry out in your, the house and your dog and your cat didn't get upset with you. And, um, but we're glad to have you with us today. Y'all have a real treat today. Um, and I'm going to get to that in just a moment. I want to thank Pastor Bobby who preached the, uh, last week for me. I was ill from Wednesday through Monday that week. And that hasn't happened to me often, but man, was I not in good shape. I appreciate everyone who prayed for me, and I really missed y'all, but I was rooting at, for you at home, from my home. Uh, Caleb and I were at the house uh, worshiping and listening to Pastor Bobby, and we appreciate him bringing the message. I'm going to dismiss the kids for their class with Miss Elizabeth, and then, uh, like I said, I have got quite a treat for you today. Um, y'all know that about Eight years ago or so, we started doing a work over in the UK where we were gathering pastors together for the purpose of helping them encourage one another and build friendships. And we would call that Ministry Friends, and it meets two times a year. And uh, we have a team over there of three other pastors who I work with, and um, we gather, again, people from Scotland down through England and sometimes even Wales um, at a place called Coventry, which is just about an hour and a half north of the, um, of, I was about to say D.C., London, their D.C., and, um, and so Pastor Kwaku and Ivy are here with us. It's their host church that puts it on, and again, he works with me in that team, and their church, you would feel so at home at their church. It really, when I'm there, I feel like I am here, and uh, Pastor Kwaku and Ivy are from originally Ghana, and uh, God sent them to Coventry, and there, you'll hear some of that story today, and they pastor a wonderful church there. And, you know, the thing that you'll love about Pastor Kwaku is um, there is no pretense in him. He is just an honest man, an honest preacher. Just his integrity speaks so loudly of him, and his people just trust him, and the people around him trust him because he's a good, a, a good man of God with great ethics, and uh, he's a lot of fun as well. He was supposed to be with us a year and a half ago for our MFI regional conference that we were going to do here, and then this thing hit. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called COVID, and uh, we shut everything down. They weren't able to fly here. They tried to fly here last year. Uh, they, they got denied for different reasons, but everything got sorted, as we say in the UK, right? And uh, they were able to join us in Portland for the conference there, and they're here with us this week. Would you give Pastor Kwaku a warm welcome as he comes to share the word today? Great. Good morning. Uh, it's great to be with you. Uh, we've been here since last Sunday, a week today. Yeah, in the United States. And we thank God for what he's doing. Uh, pardon me, because uh, maybe I've got some accent. Uh, you are maybe looking for a British, uh, a British accent. But uh, you have to understand that I wasn't born in uh, UK. I was born in Ghana. 
I was bred in Ghana. I grew up in Ghana. I had my education in Ghana. But uh, you hear from my uh, testimony how God brought me over to the UK. So maybe you were maybe looking for somebody with a British accent. No, no. <laughs> You're going to hear uh, the Ghanaian accent coming through. But it's okay. Amen. It's okay. I love the American accent. And if uh, maybe God permits, uh, I may spend some time in America because I love you guys. But what I don't like much is the gun and the shooting that goes on. <laughs> because in the UK, you can't just handle guns like you guys do here. But I, I, I also, I mean, learned something that you don't lock your doors. And I was shocked that where we, we, we live in now, is Mazi. She doesn't shut the door. I said, how can you sleep and you don't shut your door? How can you go out without shutting your doors? So I think you are blessed. You, you are blessed. I'm shocked. I'm shocked to see that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's... Uh, and you know what amazed? I, I put it on our WhatsApp group and I, I shared it with the church uh, uh, yesterday. We went to Pastor Mike's uh, house and all we saw was a deer coming through, a physical deer. <laughs> so I took the picture, I took, I took it, and then straight away I sent it to my leaders in my church and I said, can you... Can you Imagine what I've seen, a deer coming into a house. You can't see that in, in England. You cannot see that. So we thank God. I'm here with my wife, as uh, Pastor Mike said, Ivy, and we thank God for... Put your hands together for him. You guys have been so good. I, I thank God for Pastor Mike's life and uh, uh, the wife, Elizabeth, and then uh, uh, Caleb, and then uh, we met Abigail. Uh, we were together in the conference, and then Nathan I've not met. But thank God. It, listen, if you are a pastor, and if you are a leader, and you have your children all in ministry, you are blessed. I always say to my people that, my, my children, have, by the way, I've got two girls. Emanuela Adon Frimpong is 28 years old in September, yeah, last month. And then I've got Lois Adon Frimpong. She was uh, 23 years in uh, September. And Emanuela was July, yeah. No, I mean, the ladies, they are good with, I mean, these <laughs> Women, sometimes you don't care. <laughs> sometimes I forget my own uh, uh, date of birth, I forget. <laughs> and then my birthday, sometimes I forget. They have to remind me that it's your birthday. We don't care. We don't care, isn't it? The women care. So don't worry. So, yeah, we've been friends together. I mean, and your pastor is so amazing. Whenever he is with us, and by the way, he's going to be with us next month, and we're going to have an awesome type of meeting. 
And my pastors can't wait to see Pastor Mike always with us. He's going to preach in our place on Friday, and the Saturday will be the pastor's meeting, and Sunday he's going to climb us the whole thing on Sunday. So we're going to have a good time with him. Yes, and they can't wait always to see him around. And he always, I mean, it's his second church. So you have to know that. <laughs> Amen. So God bless you. Today I was live, I was online with my church. And I tell you, I mean, I'm, I'm, now, I'm now at peace, even when I'm not there for about a month, because I've got such good leaders. I was online and it was amazing. They were streaming live. It was good to see that, you know how you sit back, you are not there, I'm far away, and I can see the church thriving. Everything is going on well. You know, but it wasn't like that when we started, which you will hear in my testimony. But I will let's quickly go, else I will talk and talk. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. I'm going to be pretty quick, and then I will, sh- I will add my testimony to where God has picked me from and where he has brought me to. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. Uh, can, can somebody read it for, it's not on the screen. I can't see, yeah, I cannot see. Yeah, yeah, please. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were before you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Mm. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of, Christ, of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom of God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. Amen. So I'm speaking on what I've uh, entitled, The Calling. The Calling. And uh, we have to understand that becoming a Christian is a calling from God. God called you by name, you see, which at that time you responded to his call. And now you are a child of God, a man of God, a woman of God. And we have to appreciate that. And to appreciate this calling of God, we need to pause at a point, and then consider who we were before God called us. And we need to also consider the sacrifices that Jesus made to bring us to where we are as children of God. You see, if we don't pause and consider, sometimes we don't appreciate and we don't value where we are as children of God. And we think that, oh, why should I, or why did I uh, give my life to Christ? 
But if you sit down, you pause, and you consider the sacrifices that Jesus had to make and the uh, suffering that he had to endure for me to be called a child of God, then you begin to appreciate God. Amen. Amen. So I want to submit to you that once upon a time, sit down and consider who you were. And according to Corinthians, Paul is saying that many of us, that means that some of us, we had a good, I mean, lifestyle. That is okay. That is good. But some of us, including myself, we had no name. We had a raw background. We had nothing to boast of. But God, by his grace, God, by his mercy, in fact, we were rejected. In fact, we were uh, no people. But God, by his mercy and by his grace, picked us from the mire clay and he set our feet on the rock to stay. So we need to pause and reflect on who we were, our backgrounds, so we can appreciate God and what he has done for us. Amen. Amen. Now we have to look at the calling and we have to know that it's a calling by God's own choice. It's a, God, a calling by God's own choice. God saw and was interested in what I could become than what I was. God saw me from afar, and he wasn't considering who I was at that time, but he was seeing what I could become. The God that sees into the future, he knew what I was or I would become, and therefore he called me. You see, when I was wallowing in sin, when I was, I mean, uh, getting myself messed up in sin, God saw that one day I will become somebody he could use. Amen. Amen. So he considered that and he called me. Amen. So God wasn't looking at how sinful I was. God wasn't looking at how messy I was. God was looking at, I mean, something that is so unique, precious in his, in his hands that he can use to affect the world and our society. Amen. And therefore, in 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 9 to verse number 10, the Bible speaks about our election. It says that you are a chosen what generation, God's own people, a royal priesthood that God has redeemed and set apart for his namesake. Amen. Amen. So we are God's elect. We are God's treasured possession. And you've got to see yourself like that. God will see yourself as God treasured. I do understand a treasure. I'm from a country that is rich with gold. When we talk about gold, where when our king is coming, you see the king is coming, the king of uh, Ghana, the tribe where I come from, he's adorned with the gold, and you can see from top to bottom, gold, pure gold. No, I mean a fake one. Pure gold, you see. And they treasure it so much. 
And that is the, the, what, what God talks about us, that we are his treasured possession. You see, sometimes the devil wants us to think that we are nothing in the hands of God. Sometimes the devil wants us to believe and accept that we are nobodies, that we are treasured possession in the hands of God. Amen. Amen. We are unique and special to God. It pleases God to handpick you, and regardless of your background, God has chosen you to be his son and daughter. Amen. Amen. Some of us, we are coming from a rough background, including myself, but God has chosen us. Amen. And I want to also say that this calling is a calling not dependent on one's qualification. It's not dependent on my qualification. That because I'm from a rich background, then God called me. Because, yes, I mean, I've had chains of degrees, God calls me. Because I am so eloquent, God calls me. No, God is not looking at all any of these ones. Now, that doesn't mean that if you are eloquent or you are uh, somebody educated and somebody rich, God cannot call you. God can call everyone. But yes, when God is calling, he's not looking at my background. He's not looking at where I'm coming from. He's not looking at what I've achieved in life. He's looking at somebody that he can see that in the future he's going to be a good instrument in his house. Amen. And therefore he calls me. Hallelujah. So uh, Paul calls us uh, to know that he called us not because of who we are. So he said, not many of you were wise. Not many of you were strong. When it comes to strength, not many of you were strong. Not many of you were from a good background. Maybe your background is so rough. I know some people that have messed up themselves in so many kind of life. But now God is using them so amazingly. Amen. So it's not dependent on your background. God can use anything that he wants to use. Amen. So, let's, and the reason why God does that is to eliminate, eliminate all pride from us. Because if God is to uh, choose me and call me depending on my background, sometimes as a human, I'll be so proud of myself. You see, the Bible talks about the, uh, the, the stone that the builder has rejected has become the chief cornerstone. So we have some people that were sometimes rejected, refused, you see, alienated, and sometimes sidelined, but God handpicked us. Amen. Amen. And that's who we are. And lastly, it's a calling to serve and not to be served. This calling that God has called us is to serve in his kingdom and not to be served. To see ourselves as servants of the Most High and not to be served. And your pastor is a great example of this I'm talking about. This morning we came and when we were 
praying over there. I see his hands going. He said, there were some spider webs I had to remove. And I was sitting down there. The whole pastor, senior pastor, lead pastor, had to go around and take spider webs. Yeah, and that is how I am. I don't mind going around all the time in the church, making sure I'm cleaning. I'm so, I, but now, I, I mean, I think by God's grace, I've got over that because now I've got some people who understand ministry and now they take upon themselves to do. The first, when I started, I had to clean. I, let, me, let me chip this one in. When I've come from London to Coventry, and the church has gone down because I will talk about it as I'm going to share my testimony. And Saturday, I was going to have a retreat. I was, I mean, into prayer. So I'll call the church. Let's go and pray. And the whole Saturday will be praying. So the prayer is going to start from maybe 10 o'clock into maybe uh, evening, 6 o'clock. But I'll be there by, say, 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock in the morning. And we were meeting in a place, you, you, I, I will maybe one day take you there. And we had to climb the staircase to the top. And then I will, I'm somebody who I have to go make sure everything is in order, like your pastor. I can see, uh, I'm taking pictures of this place and I'm seeing how, they play, how neat the place is. So I've gone up there. I've started, and because it's staircase, I can't use the hoover. So I was using some brush. So I'm from the top, brushing down, uh, sweeping the carpet. And this, these two ladies, they're coming for prayer. Now listen to this. They're coming for prayer, and they're seeing that the pastor, who they're going to listen to, who they, uh, is going to lead them to pray, is sweeping the, the floor with brush. And you know what they did? They said, excuse us. They come in upstairs, and then they went over like that, passed me by, and I kept sweeping. I'm praying my head, God, help me. Yes, I need to talk to them after, because this is not a good example. But I'm praying that God help me so that I will not mess it up. Now, whilst I was praying, now, not knowing God was speaking to them, so later they came apologizing. That, oh, we didn't do well. The reason I'm saying is that God called us and said that so that we will serve and not to be saved. You see? And now I don't, I don't do that kind of thing anymore because I've got a lot of people. Even when I take the Hoover, they will come and take it for me. I like doing that, isn't it? Good. <laughs> so don't take it away from him. I think uh, God is blessing him through that. So it's good. Yeah. Okay, so God has saved us, called us, so that through us, he will touch the world. So whoever you are, God can use you. And God uses our background to affect lives. Where whatever your background is, God can use it for something good. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, my background, because I suffered a lot as a child, going through school. 
and I went through what is poverty. Now, God has laid upon my heart that I had to cater for uh, young ones back in Ghana to have them go through school, and I'm always going to support them. Amen. Amen. Here comes my story. I was, uh, how many minutes left for me, please? 20. Oh, so I've got time. So here comes my story. I was born into siblings, eight siblings. I'm the last but one. Now, I have two grown-up sisters. They are the first two. So when I was growing up, they had married and they have gone. So I was the last but one. So the six were all boys. And I had to uh, be there all the time for my parents. And my uh, uh, parents, my dad and my mom, uh, were not educated. They were not educated. So they didn't have a clue about education. Now, I remember my, my, God bless my dad, he's passed away. As young as around a, a seven, six, seven, I'll be going to school, you know, even maybe the system of school here is different from Ghana. I'll be going to school. I remember that my father doesn't care whether I will eat or I will not eat. Now, I'm giving you all these things not to shame my, my background or anything, but I'm saying that God can just take you. Not many of you were of noble birth. Not many of you were rich people, but God handpicked you and called you from that stage of life that he's now using you to affect life. I'm trying to let you know that whoever you were or wherever you are at the moment, God can use you. Amen. And it doesn't matter your background. So growing up, I went through struggle even to educate myself. Now, I came to realize that education is the key. So it doesn't matter whether my mom had education, my dad had education or not. I had to force my way through. So I will never absent myself from school, even though I didn't know what I was going to eat. When I go to school, I will still go. And by God's grace, I went through. Now, I wasn't a Christian until the age of 15, 16. You see, when I started going to secondary school, the first day in secondary school, uh, the scripture, you know, of scripture union, they gathered us all together. And then I remember this leader, the president of the scripture union, called us all and presented the gospel to us. And I remember, and I can now even uh, uh, imagine where I sat in that classroom where I gave my life to Christ and I I became a Christian. And from that day, I started going to church. My my dad was a staunch Catholic member. So I said to my dad, because none of my brothers will go to church, none of them, but my dad will always go to church. So I said to him, I will go to Roman Catholic with you. So I started going. But 
In fact, going to Catholic church, I saw that wasn't my place because I wasn't being fed from the scriptures. Now, somebody introduced me to a Baptist church, and when I went in there, I saw their system where they have classes for Bible studies, where they have this, they they have that. And then it was so organized, I said, this is the place I want to be. Now, it became a battle between me and my dad for stopping going with him to the Catholic Church. But I saw that this is the place that I can grow in the law. But he came to understand me because I was somebody who would not, I mean, uh, do things for my dad. But when I started going to church, I mean, studying the Bible, I realized that, I mean, you got to respect your parents, no matter how the treatment they've given you. So I remember every weekend, you know, we, don't, we didn't have that washing machine where you chuck everything in and the washing machine wash. I had to go fetch water and use my hand. You see, uh, Caleb, you, you, you look, look at this. I used my hand to wash my dad's clothing. Yes, use it to wash it. And then on Saturday, I will iron it, fold it up. Iron it, and that's where I learned to iron my clothing. <laughs> because I've done it right from the beginning. Yeah. So I would do that for my dad. And he was so pleased. So at a point, he said, Yeah, whatever you are doing over there in that Baptist church is good. <laughs> because there's a change in your life. Somebody who will not do anything for me. Now you began doing all these things for me. So it was good. So that was good uh, for my dad. And so I went through that. And then I finished secondary school. I went to, I, by the way, I became an agriculturist because I went to agricultural college. And I became an agricultural officer. So I was posted after I finished my education to the eastern part of Ghana. And that's where I met my beautiful wife. Amen. So, yeah, uh, that was that. And uh, from there, in a great college, I became the Scripture Union president. Uh, Have you heard of Pentecost Church in Ghana? It's all over the world. I mean, the general apostle now is, was uh, ahead of me one year, and, and we, we, are, we are good friends. The general overseer now, the current one, is my I mean, schoolmate. Yeah, so that was how, I mean, we relate together. So I came out from Agri College, then came to the eastern part of Ghana, and I started a ministry And let me say a little bit about that. Now, this place where I was was pretty dominated by witchcraft. You know of witchcraft. And there was these uh, fetish, you know of fetish priest, somebody who does voodoo. Yeah. But when I went there, this woman attacked me. Now, the first time I met this woman, I was sitting in front of my house, and I've never, ever experienced this before, where this woman was coming up, and some, a lot of crowd was following her, 
and they were spraying on her so many things because he could see so many things in the realm of the spirit. Now, as a Christian and a gentleman in this town, first time no one knew me around that place, I called this woman. I said, do you know Christ? Why are you, I mean, deceiving the people? And all the people were so shocked that I could speak to this woman like that. Now, I started praying over her, and she was all over the place. So it became like a war between me and her. In fact, at a point, I could gather the guys, and what God did so amazingly was that when I started this ministry, it started in a small house, and all we saw was all the youth in that area was coming to me because we had to sit down, do Bible studies, and pray. Now, I could gather these guys in the middle of the night, midnight hour. I would bring them all together in a certain place from, I think, 1 a.m. We'll pray till about 5 5 a.m. And when we are finished praying, I will just disperse them and they will start evangelizing in the area. So there was a massive revival in that area. I remember one day, uh, they came, this woman that I was, I mean, dealing with, came reporting me to the police. They came arresting me. In fact, he alleged that we're coming against her with spheres and with crowds and everything. I said, no, we're not holding anything. If we're holding anything, it's the Bible. <laughs> and these police guys will not understand me. They arrested me. They put me in their cells. So I was in the cells for a couple of hours, and I was released. Yeah. To cut the long story short, now this uh, fellowship or this ministry is growing. And let's, this is a miracle. Whenever I stood before them to preach to them, uh, we were in two, uh, 1999. So I remember I would tell them that 2000 will not see me in Ghana. Now, as I was prophesying, maybe it was a prophecy, I didn't know. I even didn't have a passport. But I kept telling them that 2000 will not see me in Ghana. By the the time we reach the year 2000, I'll be away from the country. But I didn't know how I was going to be away from the country. I didn't have a clue how it, it, it takes for somebody to fly. I've never gone on the plane before. Now, don't forget I'm from a poor background. Poor background. So I didn't have what it takes to travel. But I will speak when I'm preaching. I will say to them, you guys will not see me in the year 2000. I'll be away from Ghana. And lo and behold, long story short, I came to London. I was sharing with Pastor uh, Mike how I had to go. I came to Bible school. And uh, let me just get you back. When I was young, I knew I was going to travel. I said to myself, I will not go to any country except UK. And I will be going there for education. I didn't know it was going to be a Bible school. So I came through Bible school to UK. And by God's grace, God connected me to a church. Now, this pastor, Pastor Richard Buxton, loved me so, so much. He set up a 24-hour prayer center. 
where people will call on the phone, and I was the coordinator, and I will coordinate, I receive calls, and we'll pray over people on the phone. People were calling from all over the world, America, Asia, everywhere, in the UK, and you pray, you cancel them a bit, and you pray over them. And God was doing miracles even on the phone. So this pastor, Pastor Richard, had so much confidence in me. He said, hey, guy, I want to absorb you into my uh, pastoral team. Now, I wasn't, I mean, uh, some, I was new in that church. But so they sent me into, it was Elim Pentecostal. Have you heard of Elim Pentecostal? It's, I mean, uh, much in UK. So they sent me into Regents Theolog uh, Theological College. There I was there. Now, whilst I was there, they were still paying me every month. And they, they sponsored me about uh, 10,000 pounds for their school. Now, when I finished and I came back, I had to do internship for six months in that church. And Pastor Richard Boxton was so, I mean, uh, interested, interested in absorbing me. But there was one particular guy. He said, no way we will not allow you to accept this guy. Don't forget, at that time, my, 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 my visa was running out because I was on student visa. And if it runs out, it means I have to go back to UK. But all along, I knew that God has uh, something for me to do in the UK. So I was praying and saying, God, can you help me here? And that was when I was connected to VFC Church in Singapore. They had come to open a branch in London. And the guy who was the pastor was my friend back in Ghana. So he connected with me and he said, hey, come, let's work together. And you know how God works. He works in mysterious ways. When I was thinking, how, how am I going to switch my visa? How am I going to deal with it? After this, I have to go back to Ghana. And I mean, I wasn't ready at that time. Because I've left my work back in Ghana as agriculturist. I've spent about five years now in the UK. How am I going to go back again? Where am I going to start from? So I was praying, and God brings along this, my friend. He called me, and then we had, I mean, and then my visa, student visa, was switched into ministerial visa. That's where I was. My wife and my kids were still back in Ghana. So they had to come and join me. So we've started London Family Center Church for a while. And then, I mean, it was, I mean, I mean, happening very well. And then what happened was, my senior pastor, I was the associate pastor then, and he called me, and we started a church in Coventry for about seven years. He called me and said, uh, if nothing is done about Coventry Church, we're going to lose the church. So I think, senior pastor talking to you like this, I think you have to go to Coventry. Now at that time, I had my wife there. I wasn't prepared to go anywhere. I have my house bought in London. I'm not uh, going anywhere. And he said, you have to go. I said, let me pray about it and see if God wants me to go. Don't forget, when I was in London, they are paying me. I'm on full-time ministry. And I was also 
in uh, London, uh, London School of Theology. I was, I mean, uh, doing my uh, undergraduate there. So then I have to put all these behind, put my wife and my kids behind, and then go to a place I've never lived there before. Now, God spoke to me and said, this, the church is my church. You guys have wasted all you have spent money on it. How can you allow this to go down the drain? So when I heard that, I came to my senior pastor, told him I'm going. So I had to go. I remember I will, at that time, go on weekend to Coventry and then go back to London. I'm still in school, so sometimes what I do was I have to go and then lead a prayer meeting Friday. I will go on Friday, lead a prayer meeting, put everything together. Sunday service, we will come and we'll do Sunday service. Sometimes after church service, I have to visit members. And I can't go back again to London, so I have to go back on Monday early morning straight to Leches. Now, all these that we're doing, uh, the number just went down like that. And I remember it will be left about six people. And then London stopped sponsoring us. That London stopped giving us support. And they stopped even giving me uh, my salary. They said, the church is yours. If it goes well, it's yours. <laughs> If it doesn't go well, it's yours. <laughs> and financially, I was not well. And sometimes I remember, and they hired, and that was one of the reasons why the pastor said, the, 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 the previous pastor said he can't do it. Because they were going through financial challenges. They were owing the council. They were owing the place that they were renting. And the, the bills kept Piling up, piling up. And as a pastor, I'm not getting money from anywhere. So what am I going to do? I spoke to my senior pastor. He said to me quickly, you know what? If you think this will not work, come back. So I went into prayer again. I asked God, what should I do? And I heard God clearly saying, stick in there, don't move. Amen. Do you remember the story of Isaac? When there was a famine in Gerah, and Isaac wanted to move, and God said to him, don't go anywhere. Stay in there. Plant. In this arid land, in this scarce land, I will bring you up. Amen. So you don't have to move when God has not said you have to move. It may be tough wherever you are. It may be difficult what you are going through now, but you can wait on God. Amen. When I heard God saying that, even though I was going through that financial difficulties and struggles, and the ministry has no dived, and I mean about six, we go to Sunday church and it's about six people. What are you, what are you doing here? So I went into prayer, and gradually, gradually, we are settled now. And can you believe that I mean, at that time, everything has, had to be done by me. And now I can get about four other uh, associate pastors. To the point that I can leave the church for about a month or two 
I know it is okay. Amen. Amen. Now, my question all the time is, what would, have, what would have been if I had gone back to London? Now, can I have that boldness to go before God? If I have listened to myself, you see, if I've lived for myself and say, hey, because I'm not comfortable, because the church is not going on well, because financially I'm struggling, let me go back. What testimony can I hold now? Yeah. That now I can confid- confidently say that the Lord is always with me. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And I can go back even when I'm struggling to say that God, you will help me. So we thank God. I'm telling you all this thing because of my background. But now, somebody who was struggling through education, I finished my first degree, I've done my postgraduate, maybe I'll follow your pastor to do the, uh, maybe the, what? Doctorate. Maybe, I don't know. So God bless you, and we thank God. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.